Bienvenue à We Just Like to Talk. Je suis votre animatrice, Becky. Et je suis Cara. Dans ce podcast, nous abordons des sujets sérieux, mais dans une ambiance relaxe. Aujourd'hui, nous discutons Emily à Paris. Well, Becky, that was a great introduction. Thank you so much for using your skills because uh, one of the things that Emily and I have in common is we don't speak French, even though I did take it from grade one all the way until grade 12. So pretty much all of my public high, public schooling career, I took French, uh, but that doesn't mean it stuck. So that was fun. So a few months ago, I was browsing through Netflix's Coming Soon, and I saw a trailer that caught my attention. I watched the trailer, and then I immediately texted you, and I said, this is for you. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> remember was, that. Yeah, it was just, it seemed like such a Rebecca show. It was <laughs> Emily in Paris. Um, yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Huge spoiler warning, of course, if you have not watched all of the episodes, go watch them. We'll wait and yep. uh, then come back here. But yeah, so it's not the kind of show that I would have necessarily watched just for me, but mm -hmm. I knew that you were going to watch it. And then our mutual friend Amanda started watching it and liked it so much that she ended up binging like four episodes <laughs> late into the morning. So... <laughs> Good for her. Um, but yeah, I just thought this would be a fun thing for us to discuss. You know, you have some perspective on this living in a city that's not Paris, but does have a lot of French speakers in it. So you are you have been learning and getting better at the language over the past few years. Second best French city in the world, might I add. <laughs> oh, all right. Shout out to Montreal. Or how, how do you say that in French? Montreal. There we go. <laughs> Okay, so quick little summary for those of you who haven't seen the show but are still listening anyway because you don't mind spoilers. Emily in Paris is your typical kind of fish-out-of-water comedy. Emily Cooper is a an American who is kind of like an expert in social media marketing. She ends up being sent to work with a marketing firm in Paris that's rather old school. It was just acquired by her company. So she's mm -hmm. the interloper. Nobody really wants her there. She doesn't speak a word of French. So, of course, hijinks ensue. There are jokes about language, uh, jokes mm -hmm. about um, Amer an American living in Paris, of course. And mm -hmm. there's also some subplots involving her romance, her sex life. Uh, it's basically, it's a fun time, but it does get pretty serious sometimes. Great description of the show. I love that. Thank I was you. so entranced there for a moment. Yeah, I think you. I think you said it perfectly. I think we can both also agree that the fashion was so much fun. Absolutely. I adored 
Emily's fashion because I'm just I'm at this point where I'm starting to pay much more attention to fashion and like what works for me and mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say like oh I want Emily's fashion but I, I loved how she expressed herself like every outfit was a little different every outfit mm-hmm. was maybe a little bit over the top sometimes but damn did I want some of those dresses right it was fun it was colorful it was bright I could pinpoint out some designers. I remember our mutual friend saying, oh my God, I have the same pair of Christian Louboutin <laughs> high heels. And then in another episode, I was like, oh my God, I have the same Prada sunglasses because they're <laughs> a staple. And I think it's just, that's what it was for. It was for being super fluffy and light and fun. And that's how they got across Emily's personality really quickly, right? Was she yes. cares a lot about how she looks to other people and but she also yep. wants her fun personality to come out which i can really identify with mm-hmm. uh and you know you and i both like we have similar kind of figures to lily james so mm-hmm. I, you know i remember looking at some of those outfits some of those dresses or shoes and stuff and be like yeah like i could rock that totally right we can we can all sort of see a little bit of ourselves and emily and And fantasize about like, ooh, what would it be like to have this amazing wardrobe and to be living in a magical, beautiful city that's so different from what we're used to. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not so different for for where I where I'm living, but you know, in general, like of course, there's going to be a lot of cultural um, differences. Um, But so one thing I will say, if we go back to the fashion for a second is that um, I was reading a lot of like the criticisms or critiques online about, you know, oh, they tried to copy Gossip Girl with the fashion and look at all the similarities, like Hmm. this green coat and, and this outfit she wore, you know, to lunch or whatever. Um, So they were trying to say that they basically copied Gossip Girl. And then a lot of people were saying like, oh, like that was like last year's fashion or like that was from like years ago. And to me, I'm just like, really? Like you really had to go in and like critique something that's just supposed to be so much fun. And Mm. I mean, the fashion was really appealing. Like I don't think that I would go back and look at it and be like, oh yeah, like she could have worn something so different. Was some of the clothing choices like maybe a little out there and not necessarily something you would see someone wear in an office. Yeah, sure. But like you said, Emily was expressing expressing her personality and that was kind of showing like the whole fish out of water. So I think we also have to remember that with the fashion, they're also trying to tell like a certain story. Yeah. And like you said, Becky, the this is a, a story about fantasy and it's a story you, obviously there are going to be things about this show that aren't realistic so yeah i i agree i think the fashion is part of that some of the situations emily ends up in would those hmm. happen to uh, a girl who's moved to paris to work at a social media company no absolutely <laughs> not but it, it the show has that element that frisson of fantasy if you will yeah <laughs> And I, it's interesting you bring up the Gossip Girl comparisons. I feel like the show was maybe sensitive to that because there is that one episode where they introduce the uh, famous 
fashion designer Pierre Cadeau, and he calls Emily Gossip Girl almost to lampshade the show's awareness of the similarity. Yeah, actually, that's such a great point. It's like, maybe they were mimicking Gossip Girl a little bit, but Mm -hmm. that's just maybe their way of saying that they appreciated the fashion in that show as well. Sure, it could be an influence. Maybe they have some producers in common. I'm not sure. Um, Maybe it could be just total fluke. Yeah, that's the other (laughs) thing too, right? Is It's not like Gossip Girl hasn't been on the air for a few years now, right? So it's not Mm -hmm. like they're trying to like copy Gossip Girl because it's the successful formula. If anything, it would be an allusion to or an homage to a show that is no longer with us. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting when people say like, oh, Emily in Paris is trying to be like sex in the city. I was just about to bring that up. Yes. Yes. And it's just like, I think that's so infuriating because it's like, first of all, the main characters aren't four best friends living Mm -hmm. in New York City. And it's just a completely different plot. It's. I, you know, it's it's a completely different storyline. So to say that it's trying to be like another show, I think is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I see why people want to make the comparison because both of the shows are about women having quite frank discussions about... Um, Taboo subjects? <laughs> sure. But I mean, that being said, like, Emily in Paris doesn't go nearly that far as Sex and the City went back in the day. Yeah. You know, that's actually one of the things I was disappointed with about this show because you're a I Netflix agree. show. Like you can yeah. you can swear as much as you want, which they did, but like you can show us a little sex if you want. Like this you don't have network TV rules to play with here. So I yeah. was a little disappointed with that. Um, but whatever. That's a creative choice that the producers made for the tone of the show, and I, I do respect that. But I, I agree. I think comparisons to sex in the city at best miss the point and at worst are disingenuous and are trying to undermine and discredit a show which as you pointed out it is so obviously trying to be fluffy that mm. you know i don't think that we can apply like this the show is not supposed to be like a serious like feminist critique of what it's like to be a woman in mm-hmm. um you know the social media industry Nevertheless, there were moments in this show where I'm like, yes, like put that feminism in there, girl, right? Like the way that Emily pushed back against the sexism she encountered from her colleagues and from uh, some of the clients and their campaigns. I really Mm -hmm. liked that. Yeah, it shows us that a woman, even when she's in a different country, different city, like you she can still stand up for herself and her beliefs and maybe she'll be ridiculed for them or maybe people will take a step back and be like, oh yeah, hey, like she actually has a really great point. The show does bring up somewhat interesting, serious cultural topics. You know, when Mm -hmm. they're talking about sexism, they talk about these differences in attitude between how Americans look at sexuality Versus how the French do. There's this one commercial that Emily previews where the the model walks naked down like a row of men to show off that she she is adoring how much they are attracted to her because of this perfume she's wearing. And Emily's like, that's sexist and that's not going to fly in the States. And the French 
colleagues are like, but you don't understand, you know, French people have a more evolved attitude towards sexuality. We no longer care about your American moralistic ways. <laughs> and it's so interesting to me because on the one hand, they're right. Like America is a much more conservative market overall than many European countries like France. And on the other hand, it's like Emily is also right. Like that is a very sexist way to sell perfume and stuff. And mm -hmm. I just I thought it was interesting that the show was able to bring up those topics while still remaining fairly light uh, and mm -hmm. giving us that entertainment. And I don't think it gets enough credit for that from either side, because you've got the people who are so ready to condemn it for not being as good as sex in the city. And then mm -hmm. you've also got the people who are so invested in making it out to be completely light and fluffy that they don't really want to talk about those more serious things. And I think that either extreme really does this show a disservice. I think it's walking a very fine line and it does it very well. Yeah, and I also think it's hard to please every type of person. Like, mm -hmm. I remember watching an interview with the actor that plays Gabriel, and he was saying, like, you know, a lot of French people are going to be upset about this because it portrays them in a certain way. It portrays them as being, as all French people being extremely rude and better than thou. Um, you know, and there's a lot of stereotypes sprinkled throughout, like, um, that they have <laughs> actually it was really funny because uh, my former roommate who's French said hey that's not true we don't take extremely long lunches <laughs> and like we don't go to work like we don't start work at 10 a.m. Um, just things like that um, mm -hmm. and I know I, I, I can understand how that would be a little bit infuriating to see that but at the same time it's like well, maybe it is sort of playing on like Emily's perception of things as well. And Ooh, I, I like mean, that reading. Yeah, because it's like we have a certain perception of French people, right? Yeah. Like, I think you had sort of touched on it of like they are maybe more or less less prude-like than Americans, right? They're maybe a little bit more comfortable seeing nudity. I do agree with that. But I think that they are and can be much more traditional when it comes to like relationships. Like we hmm. think that they're having orgies and, you know, they're having love affairs like Antoine did in the show. And that's not necessarily true. I don't think that they're more accepting of those things. I think like just in any culture, things like that happen. But I don't think that they are, you know, pushing for that. I don't think they're like, oh, yes, like, I'm going to get married and then my husband is going to have an affair and I'm going to be totally fine with that because I am French and I don't give a fuck. Okay, so let's talk about the relationships in the show. I think for me, the two biggest pairs of relationships that I would consider the best parts of the show would be Emily's new friendship with, I think her name's Mindy. And the other relationship would be the love triangle that develops among Emily, Gabrielle, and his existing girlfriend, Camille. So mm -hmm. I think those two sets of relationships for me kind of formed the backbone of that part of the show. Uh, what do you think, Becky? I, 
yeah, totally agree with you. I like how they had also showing like Sylvie's and like Antoine's mm-hmm. um, yeah. sort of like love affair because that was interesting as well because, you know, Sylvie's like the other woman and she plays off like, you know, she's totally in control and mm-hmm. um, she calls all the shots and then Antoine ended up going away what was it to the Bahamas or something like with his with his wife when he was supposed to go with Sylvie and you see like the downside of being the other woman so yeah they really do a good job humanizing Sylvie in those last few episodes I found I agree yeah because and she comes across very harsh very critical of Emily like you're not French like stop trying to act like you're French and blah 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 like very resistant i think to mm-hmm. emily and what she has to offer because she just thinks she's a stupid american <laughs> <laughs> so as far as emily and gabrielle and camille goes uh mm-hmm. like at, at, at the beginning i was like oh this is like super contrived so she just happens to meet and befriend gabrielle's girlfriend oh no of course it's going to be awkward but i do think overall the show handled it really well i loved the humor to it one one example of something i think the show did well was the episode where emily visits camille's family's vineyard along with Mm -hmm. camille and gabrielle it's very awkward of course and then emily has sex with camille's brother and there's this whole like scene where Camille's mother asks Emily like how is my son in bed is he okay and it's just it's hilarious and cringy at the same time I loved it and I I just I loved everything about this subplot with this love triangle which I'm not always a big fan of love triangles but it really got me this time I totally agree and I think also the part of part of what made it extremely funny was that Camille has said oh, yeah, you need to meet my brother. You know, I think you guys will get along. Nah, nah, mm-hmm. nah, nah, nah. So then when Emily does, she thinks, oh, okay, yeah, her brother is really cute. He's really nice. Like, why wouldn't I sleep with him? But then the next day finds out he's like 17 years old yeah. and then freaks out of like, oh, my God, he's pretty much like underage or, you know, yeah. close to it. <laughs> then wow. she realizes Emily, Emily Cougar. Yeah, Emily, yeah, Emily Cougar instead of Emily Cooper. Yeah, and then we see like the older brother at the at the table and you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah. But I remember taking some like an Instagram story of this episode before I knew he was like underage or that whole scene that happened afterwards and even like when the mom was like, "Oh, how how was my son in bed?" And I remember taking a video and being like, Yes, like you go, Emily. Like that's great. <laughs> and then I was like mortified because I'm like, oh my god, like the kid is like underaged, and so I had I had a pretty good laugh about that as well. To be clear, for people listening who haven't seen the show, the kid is not underage in terms of yeah. Age of I consent. don't mean to say underage. Right. Uh there's yes. a, there is an age gap. <laughs> he is young. He is young. Yeah. Okay. Younger than what Emily would like. Also, I just want to go on the record that I think the solution to Emily and Gabrielle and Kimmy's problem is that they, the three of them should be a thruple because clearly there's like some attraction between Emily and Kimmy and that would just solve the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's interesting we're left off the very last episode of like 
Kemi like wants to talk to Emily, and yes, we don't know such why. A and good I mean, cliffhanger. we yeah, we assume that we, that she, um, like Camille has like found out about Emily and and Gabrielle. So yeah, because Gabrielle you know. like uh like this is the thing is they all fucked it up so bad like. Camille mm-hmm. messed this up by being too pushy about making Gabrielle take money from her parents. So that's yep. that's her fault. Uh, Gabrielle messed <laughs> this up by like kissing Emily back and, you know, doing this like whole thing. Like Emily only slept with him in the last episode because she thought he was leaving and that she mm-hmm. wasn't going to see him anymore. So she thought that this was a safe move. And then he he doesn't, which I get he didn't do that because of Emily or maybe he did um but you know mm-hmm. Gabrielle has some some portion of the blame here and also Emily too for not keeping it in her pants right like mm-hmm. she knew uh she knew they were going through difficulties and also like you're friends with Camille and you go behind her back and sleep with her boyfriend even and even if they've just broken up like yeah she broke friend code right there. It is sure. a minefield. So that's another <laughs> thing I really liked about this relationship or set of relationships is that all three of them have done things wrong here. It's not like one of them is the villain. You know, Emily's not mm-hmm. the homewrecker. Uh, Camille's not the jealous girlfriend. Like all three of them. Or the or the perfect girlfriend too, Exactly. Right? Yeah. All three yeah. of them are very human and they make human mistakes based on their desires and their attractions and what they want out of life. And and I think that's just, it's so honest. Uh, so I really appreciated that portrayal. Nice. Yeah, speaking of things that we liked about the show, I think what was so funny was just the amount of people that were messaging me being like, oh my God, like this show reminds me of you. Like, okay. I mean, you had started it, right? Like you yeah. were like, oh yeah, like this, the show's right up your alley and I'm like oh it's so funny but then when people actually started to watch the show and like people that know me or at least knew that I moved to Montreal and like I'm in marketing they're like oh my god like you're living like Emily in Paris and I'm like I mean yeah I can relate to some things I thought what was so funny was when she went to the bakery for the first time and then she had a chocolate scene and she like bit into it and she's like you know, her eyes just lit up, right? I was going to say that. I was going to say, do you want to know what moment of all the moments reminded me the most of you? It was that one. Yeah. Like, I don't care yeah. about the social media aspect of it, Becky. Yeah, whatever. You, you, like, yeah. you would bite into a chocolatine just like <laughs> Emily there. And I thought of you when she did that. I'm like, this is Becky to a T. So yeah, like I don't care about the social media s- resemblance. It's like... Yeah. You and food, like good baking, totally. Yes, right? It's yeah. just like that, the the light in her eyes, just like you could just see it. And yeah, and even just sort of like stumbling through a different culture. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I can totally relate, especially when I first moved here. And, you know, like it had been so long since I had spoken French and I'm like, oh, I know French. And then I'm like going into these <laughs> stories and I'm like, pardon? Can you say that again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or if someone speaks even, I mean, honestly, even now, if somebody speaks like way too quickly in French and either I'm not expecting it or they have like a really thick accent, 
I'm just, I give them a little look and I'm like, my brain is trying to process what they said. And I'm like, do I ask them to say it again? Or do mm. I just try to decipher what they say? Or do I just nod? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think you've done a really good job of acclimating to Marriott. So thank you. Uh, so yeah, about the social media, even if your yeah. life isn't exactly like Emily's, there is that similarity. <laughs> I consider you to be a social media expert. You know, you do have uh, your own marketing agency, Mimosa Marketing. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> uh, that you run with two under two other wonderful creative women. So what is your take, given that this is your space on how the show is portraying marketing on social media? I think it was difficult because they only had so much time for each episode. And then, you know, they only have like what was it, 10 or 12 episodes altogether. Mm -hmm. So they really had to like pack it in. And I feel like if you work on a campaign, it's probably going to be for like a month, month and a half sort of thing. But it's so condensed in the show that it seemed like it was for a week or maybe two weeks. Mm -hmm. So I thought that part was definitely unrealistic. And then even the whole her posting photos and like witty captions and then getting like, you know, 3000 likes going viral all the time. Yeah, going viral all the time. I was like, hmm. Yeah, if you if you have something that's extremely different, but I mean, how many Americans moved to France and they're posting about it, right? It's mm -hmm. like, we see it over and over and over again. So I don't think that part's extremely realistic. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's hard to compare and it's hard to say like, yes, that's exactly how things go. I guess her trying to make connections between like the products or like her clients I thought was really interesting. And okay. I thought those were like good strategies and like tactics and probably someone that's in marketing would, would use those same tactics and even just like going to like the designer showroom or like you know, she was always trying to um, network and mm -hmm. learn more about things. And I thought that was a pretty good representation because I okay. feel like in marketing, things are constantly changing, especially depending on what industry you're in. Like if you're in fashion or beauty, I'm sure it's just like go, go, go all the time. So what I'm hearing is the social part is pretty accurate. But the media part, maybe they just sort of mm -hmm. smooth over how much work goes into actually making those viral posts and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's a good way to say it for sure. So Becky, Emily in Paris has officially been renewed for season two because it was so successful on Netflix. Yay. I know. Mm -hmm. So before we go, how about we just talk briefly, what do we want to see in season two? Ooh, I think we can both agree that we want to continue seeing the fun out there fashion. Yes. I want to see Emily and Sylvie's relationship start deepening into more respect than rivalry because mm -hmm. I thought we started to see that in the last couple of episodes. I loved the part where Sylvie shows up and basically takes charge and she's like a 
badass bitch and Mm -hmm. uh emily gives her kudos for that and i think up until that point emily really saw sylvie as somebody who was very stuck in her ways and just didn't want emily's help and that moment really helped emily understand that actually sylvie's fucking good at her job but Mm -hmm. you know it gave it gave emily this chance to see things from sylvie's perspective so i hope that in the second season they continue to evolve that relationship to deepen it i'm not expecting them to be like good friends or anything but Mm -hmm. i want to see them be allies more often than their enemies so that Mm -hmm. the show can continue to explore that dynamic nice i i agree with you i think when it comes like whatever happens with gabriel and kemin i think i would still like to continue seeing a lot of men on the show (laughs) all right (laughs) because i think i think yes it would be interesting if she if some sort of thruple did happen but does that mean she's exclusive to this thruple or does that mean she you know like i think that there could be something else with that like she doesn't have to necessarily be exclusive yeah i don't think the show is going to tie emily down in a relationship whether it's with gabrielle or somebody else i think that they want to continue to have fun with all the male suitors but what Mm -hmm. we might see maybe is in the second season emily starts to get a better idea of what she wants because right now the the men on her plate if you will uh (laughs) are quite different in terms of personality Mm -hmm. and background and stuff so the second season of Emily in Paris is less Emily has moved to Paris and more Emily starts to figure out what she wants from Paris. Yeah. And maybe she moves apartments or mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I she hope she a does. Job, but a different... Yeah. <laughs> I hope she does too. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe we see her doing other activities. Like maybe she goes to Versailles or maybe mm-hmm. she, I don't know. Like, I think I would like to see that maybe more of France Maybe not just Paris. Maybe she takes a weekend getaway somewhere I think would be fun. Nice. I think what would be so nice to see is just her having improved her French, right? True. Maybe she could say a couple of more sentences or she's just better at pronouncing things because I think when you live in a city that speaks a different language, you just start to pick pick things up more quickly. Well, if you need help with that, Emily, call us. (laughs) okay becky so i think you and i would both agree we would love to hear from our listeners what they thought of emily in paris was there anything we missed did we maybe like throw a bomb into the room do do you disagree with Mm -hmm. us please send us your hate mail uh where can people send hate mail to you can send us hate mail to we just like to talk at gmail.com and you can also find us on facebook at we just like to talk Wonderful. So when is Becky at Montreal premiering? Oh, that premiered two and a half years ago. Come oh, on. Oh no, I gotta go binge it then. <laughs> <laughs>